Today's episode of the AlphaCast is brought to you by The Never-Ending Battle After Iraq by Brian Carpenter. This book is the true story of Brian's recovery after an improvised explosive device left his body and mind broken. In the book, this Marine finds himself in a hospital bed, unable to speak, walk, or even remember his own name. But fast forward to now and Brian is a bodybuilder, MMA coach, and more importantly, he's an author. I highly recommend this book. It's an awesome and quick read, and I think we can all learn from Brian's dogged determination. You can find the book at battleafteriraq.com, and for just $19.99, Brian will sign the book himself. Be sure to check it out. Again, the address is battleafteriraq.com. If you're on social media, you've probably noticed that there is no shortage of military lifestyle apparel companies. While they're all great companies, I don't think that there's anyone out there that's quite as refreshing as Inkfidel. These shirts are extremely cool. Each shirt is an inside joke specifically for veterans. I'm currently wearing the Blue Falcon tee, and not only does it look great, but it's probably the most comfortable shirt I own. 100% American-made, and your satisfaction's guaranteed. You cannot go wrong. Check them out at inkfidel.com and use promo code ALPHA10 for a special 10% discount. That's Inkfidel, I-N-K-F-I-D-E-L dot com, promo code ALPHA10. Alright, so thank you for joining the AlphaCast. This is Jeff. And this is Randy. Uh, and today we're being joined by Pete Bell. He is the founder of Inkfidel, which is an American military apparel brand. And uh, in my opinion, probably one of the most unique in the market. And so I'm very excited to have him on. This is actually the second time we're going around with Pete Bell because we have uh, difficult, uh, technical difficulties in the past. And uh, we're, we're just now trying to figure out how to get him and us to record at the same time. And we still so, are. Uh, and we still are. We've been struggling with this for an hour. But, Round two. Uh, yeah, take two. Pete, welcome to the show, bud. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you having me on. Absolutely. And I, hey, you're a saint for doing this again. I'm so <laughs> sorry that we lost you last time. Yeah. Are we sure we're recording this time? We are absolutely recording. All right, cool. What, we have learned our lesson in, in its redundancy, so we're recording, I'm sure, twice. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Yeah, you do what you have to do, and, and whenever you screw up as much as me and Randy do, we need uh, backup plans to our backup plans. Yeah, I screw up every day. If I don't, something's wrong. Yeah. So what we're, what we're going to talk about, and uh, something that I've mentioned to you several times in the past, and um, what I like about your company is how you've taken a slightly different angle on the same thing that other people are doing. So there's a lot of military apparel companies out there, and... Um, I feel like yours is unique in this market, and so we'll talk about that in just a minute. But if you will, tell us a little bit about Pete Bell. Give us your origin story for a couple of minutes. My origin? Uh, kind of like an X-Men or something. Yeah, yeah like uh, the superhero Pete Bell. <laughs> um, so I'm from Columbus, Ohio, and I'm back here now. Um, I joined the Army when I was 29, kind of late. Went to basic training as a scout. Down at Fort Knox, ended up at Fort Bragg with the 82nd Airborne Division, 373 Cav. Uh, did a tour over in Iraq with them back in 07, 08. And then I PCS to Germany to the 173rd Airborne, 191 Cav. 
and deployed to Afghanistan with them for a year, uh, 2009 to 2010. So I spent about five years total in the military um, and then decided I'd gotten married while I was in and decided that, you know, I was going to be done after five years. I got out of the military and I came back here to Columbus, Ohio, um, where I live with my wife and my three kids now. So in, in your military service, um, you knew that you were going to get out after you, you got married and, and uh, you, you decided that, that, you know, maybe the military wasn't for you for a full career, right? What was your, what was your initial plan? What were you going to get out and do? <laughs> I was going to get out and move back home to the suburbs where my wife was living here in Columbus and uh, go back to school. But, you know, I when I initially, you know, I got married to her. You know, we have I have a stepson, and so she had to stay in town here because his dad lives here. You know, we don't want to take him away from his father or anything. And so it wasn't going to be possible that, you know, she was going to come overseas or, you know, and there's no bases here in Columbus. So I wasn't going to be able to keep a job with the Army back here. Um, but right about the same time as we were in Iraq, um, I came back and I PCSed in Afga- and went to Afghanistan with the 173rd. And uh, my first sergeant while we were deployed – was real big on Sons of Anarchy, the TV show. And uh, we were Anvil Troop. And he wanted to do like a parody design of the Sons of Anarchy logo, the Reaper with, uh, but instead of Sons of Anarchy, Sons of Anvil. Because it was a really awesome unit. We were really like a really tight-knit bunch. And it was just us on this little cop um, in Logar Province. And it was, you know, it was a blast. And that unit was just, I doubt there's many units like that in the military. Although if I ask a lot of guys, they'll probably say that. But, I mean, we were a really tight-knit sure. group and, and uh, um, kind of like a lot like a family. You know, you get that experience everywhere. But this one, something seemed different about these guys, you know. And, and um, so I said, first, Sergeant, you know, I'd love to have a shot at doing this rather than you outsourcing it to God knows who, you know. I said, I'm an artist. I've been doing this uh, my whole life drawing, you know. And so I took the Sons of Anarchy design and I kind of redid it and, and uh, put a rifle in his hand, and instead of him holding that little globe, put the put an anvil in his hand, put OEF-10. You know, just kind of changed it up and made it our own. Right. And uh, he, he really liked it, and he said, all right, we're going to do this. And he sent it off, and we had hoodies and hats and uh, all kinds of stuff ordered. And so, you know, a month later, so everybody's walking around the cop when there was no danger of Sergeant Major showing up, you know, wearing their Sons of Anvil hoodie and their, uh, their beanies in the wintertime. I was like, man, I really like doing that. And I like, you know, pe- seeing people wearing something I design. And it got bigger every time. And, and guys seemed to really respond to it and like it. And sales were high. That's when I basically like, said, you know what? This is something I can do. This is something I want to do. Um, but the problem is that I need to learn how to use all this software that is necessary to, to make this happen. And so I said, all right, I'm going back to school. I'm going to go study graphic design. I'm going to study marketing. You know, and I'm going to make an apparel brand based around the military. I had formulated that plan, and we got back, and I had six months left or something like that. And uh, I set to putting that plan in motion, you know, and I, I pulled all my college transcripts and, you know, found out what where I was missing credits and, and what would transfer in and, and uh, what I was going to need when I got back to the U.S. And I, I found a bunch of classes, those GECs that we all have to take no matter what your major is. And I'd, right. I'd missed a couple here and there, and I said, all right, well, I can get tuition assistance while I'm still active duty, you know, to cover these, and I, I don't have to use up my GI Bill money on them. So 
while I had that six months to wait it out back in Germany, you know, I, I would sit in my barracks room and take college courses and, and knock out, I knocked out, I don't know, four classes, five classes, you know, just better prepare myself when I got out. Well, it's, it's really interesting that you had that specific plan already in mind and you'd already been exercising it a little bit. And something that uh, would concern me if I was a, a new guy and I was wanting to get into business and, in you know, obviously what's just what we're doing now with the AlphaCast. If I was trying to start a business like an apparel company, I would be extremely concerned with how much competition is in that particular market. Uh, it's, it's, I mean, there's four or five right off the top of anybody's head they can name that are really, really big. And then there's probably 20 other apparel companies. Um, but you're doing something entirely different, I think, just in, in your tone and your delivery, your image, your brand. Um, so tell me a little bit about Ink Fidel, and, and we'll get into some of the differences between you and other guys in just a minute. But tell me a little bit about how you came up with Ink Fidel and how you decided to set your tone. So when I got back and I... I got back in April and I was back in school that following fall semester, so August, September, something like that. And I started taking these design classes and uh, I would sketch out ideas for shirts and I kind of was able to work building this business into part of my uh, uh, educational plan, I guess, where I was getting credit for projects in school that were something such as like coming up with a logo, um, coming up with a name. A lot of stuff we learned about was branding, and which was one of my favorite parts of going to school, was learning how to establish a brand, learning how to differentiate a brand, um, how to make your brand strong, um, mistakes people make in branding. Um, and I'm by no means perfect. There's a lot that's wrong with what Infidel is right now, that you know, at least in my mind. But um, to apply those those things, and I, I you know, started with a name, and I was I started doing research on what was already out there. And like you said, I immediately was like, oh crap, there's you know, there's a shitload of companies doing military apparel. It's way more than right, 20. Right. It's, you know, it's, I don't know, but you're all Facebook feed, but mine is just completely littered with, you know, uh, Leatherneck for Life and like, you know, all these companies that pop up with a t shirt. A lot of them are Teespring campaigns, um, which is a whole different ball game. But actually, in terms of like established brands, like you said, there's a big four, five, six. And so I said, you know, in order to succeed at doing this, I've got to stand out. I got to figure out how to stand out somehow. You know, I, I don't want to. Those guys are doing great stuff. I said it's not something I would wear um, personally. You know, just because I was a little older and stuff. And but I wanted to do something that, you know, there was that group there, and I wanted to stick out way over here to the right. You know, so it's not going to be for everybody, right. but that's okay. You know, I'm willing to concede that it's not for everybody. But to, to find that niche within a niche. And to say, all right, so so they're doing a lot of infantry stuff. They're doing a lot of uh, Bible verses. They're doing a lot of Spartans, wolves, sheepdog, you know, which is oh, great, yeah. oh, you yeah. know. And it's and it's very intricate, and it's a really, you know, a lot of lot of colors. And and I said, well, what's the, what's the opposite of that? You know, what what would be the opposite of that? And I said, stupid stuff, you know, that we all go through on a daily basis, and simple, 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 simple. You know, nothing too complicated. An insider. An insider is like the big word that I key around is like, if you didn't serve, you aren't going to get it. You know? Oh, yeah. You know, looking at your looking at your T-shirt line, all of the designs are pretty well innocuous. If you don't have the, the insider information, like, there's no way that you would know. 
you know, and and there's one that I particularly like is the is the, the flying tiger. Is that what it, is that what you call the t-shirt? Yeah. The great thing about it is I could wear this t-shirt, and uh, your average civilian is not going to pick it up and and understand what I'm talking about. But every single veteran that I pass is going to recognize that specific terminology right away. And that's what's exactly. really cool about it. That specific like community within a community without being overt. You know, it's it's subtle and I like it. Right. Exactly. You know, it's you summed it up right there when you were talking about passing by a veteran and have them. You know, him see it and, and it, it could spark a conversation between two guys that otherwise would have passed that had a, you know, maybe we're both deployed to Iraq at the same time. Who knows? You know, it's about making connections is about taking you back to a time in your life 10 years ago when you were, you know, rolling down the roads in Baghdad and, you know, just something you remember, something from your, you and your buddies were talking about in the Humvee, you know. Right, Evoking right. Evoking some and sort of emotional response. To me, the best part about it, the really best part about it, is that the emotional response you're trying to evoke is the lighter side of things. You know, so many of these other guys have that super distressed fonts and then the, you know, super tough looking stuff. And then there's one that it says, uh, um, get ready to raise the black flag and start slitting throats and, and stuff like that. And like, yeah, they're cool. But, you know, if we're going to talk about bringing up memories and, and uh, feeling connected to a community... I would much rather think about all the times like me and the dudes were just standing around throwing rocks through fences and stuff, you know? Right, yeah. R Randy's so, not a fan of rock throwing. I threw a lot of no, rocks. I, uh, <clears throat> I hated you people. Rocks, pens, candy, <laughs> whatever. Oh, yeah. Candy Pen, up in the shirt. Pens and, and, and candy we, I can and deal we, with. <laughs> yeah, so but, it, all this stuff is meant to take you back to a different time. Uh, a lot of our, you know, from what we've found from our fans and the people that are buying from us is <clears throat> excuse me that they're uh they're an older crowd we're not hitting we're not going after the guys that are just walking out the door you know just graduated from basic training that's not who we're targeting you know so it's it's guys that are married maybe older out of the military like us <laughs> you know yeah sure <clears throat> you take it you take an interesting approach in in marketing and this is something that you and i have discussed in the past and uh i i would hope that Randy and I can find our our means of marketing just like you did. And I feel like you built a following over time. I don't know how quickly it was, and, and please go into that, but um, by using a slightly different marketing technique, and that was you wrote these incredibly detailed and long stories, long form like Facebook posts to go with your T-shirt. It basically connects people to the T-shirt through the story. You create the memory for people that may not have it. Right. It took two years plus to get to that point of – you know, we had success doing more traditional marketing methods. And, um, you know, if you study marketing this, they keep it short, simple. And, and if you're going to do something long form, it really has to hit the mark to be successful. It's really kind of a, a, a dangerous tactic because if it's stupid, people aren't going to read all the way through. You know, they're not going to – it could turn off more people than are going to like it, I guess. It's more risky. Right. But sure. But it was – I'm not opposed to trying out new things at all. And it was something that I always like to write to and so – I was like, you know what, I'm going to take a shot at this. And the, the response to it was great, you know, and it, and it's I don't want to advertise to people just straight talking at them like, hey, you know, buy this Napalm Sticks to Kid shirts. Hey, buy this uh, Killing Baby Seal shirt. You know, people don't want to see that. I don't want to see that when I'm you know, if I see that, it's just noise to me and I continue scrolling, you know, but if I right. see something that's recognizable, that is uh, relevant to me and then I, I see this story and I read it and I think. Man, I did that same exact thing like, you know, 10 years ago. That was great. Uh, I remember doing that. You know, we were we were in Afghanistan in the mountains. Uh, you know, if it somehow connects with me, 
and, and connects with people that follow the page or even people that don't follow the page and resonates with them, you know, then that's a good thing. And that's what's happened with these, these long form ads. They're not easy to write though. You know, it's, <laughs> there's a lot of drafts to them, but it's been successful so far. And it's another way to differentiate and stand out because I don't think anybody else is doing it. And it's something we can own. Cause I think if somebody else tries to do it, it'll be pretty obvious, you know, what they're, oh, yeah. <laughs> where they're Absolutely. getting it from. <clears throat> yeah. Something that I've something that I've noticed, and even within your your ads, because I do follow your page and I do see the posts that are sponsored on Facebook, is that you get so much more engagement on those long form posts. There was one I saw this morning, and it was just the pictures of your shirt and and um, or, or a list of shirts you know that are available. Yeah, you know you'd see two hundred, three hundred likes, which which is which is good for an apparel company ad, but it, it was nothing like the thousands that you were getting on your combat jacks post you know right because people see that form and and they recognize it immediately as an ad whereas the other thing is content and so obviously we keep those other the other ads with all the different shirt pictures going just to keep you know churning the water i guess um in between times when sure uh, we have a new shirt coming out you know i'd like to put on a new shirt every week and that's usually the goal but it's it's Right now, it's not realistic, you know. And um, and you don't want to you don't want to oversaturate either, you know. You don't exactly, wanna... exactly. Ahead, I don't want to I don't want to force stuff out just to have shirts out there because then you exactly use the right word saturate. Then you saturate your own brand and and you you weaken it. So, right. You know. Talk about your social media growth. You went from uh, I mean you you've been going for about two years. Is that correct? Two and a half. Yeah. Yeah, two and a half years. So you started at zero and then. Over the course of two and a half years, talk about your your kind of patterning. I mean, how have you seen your growth uh, affect your business? You know, with social media. Social media. At first, when you first start out, you know, you're like, oh man, a lot of likes equals successful business, and that's not the case. You know, likes means nothing, really. I mean, right. it, it doesn't mean anything in terms of revenue for the business or anything, um, because <clears throat> you can buy likes. You can you know, go to run as a Malaysia and just accumulate 50,000 likes for nothing, you know, for, for pennies. But what good does that do? We focus on the customer service on the back end, on the order, the ex customer experience when you order with us. Um, you know, in the social media, we went through the first couple of years where it was hot and heavy and we're just regurgitating a lot of uh, memes that we find on the internet and, and uh, to keep ourselves in front of people. And then I finally just pulled the plug on that because those memes are funny, but you see them like 10 different places the same day. Everybody, they kind of have a tendency to, to right. get shared amongst a whole bunch of pages all at once, you know. And I said, Is this, I'm not bringing anything new to the table. And so we kind of pulled back on that. And right now we're really pulled back on social media a lot because we're focusing a lot on the back end of the business. <clears throat> Growing organically, uh, building our email list, um, engaging with customers off of social media. And then, because uh, we just honestly don't have the manpower to, to do it right now. I, there's so many ideas I have for content, original stuff that I could get out there. It's just not, we don't have the manpower for it right now, you know, because we're, we're bootstrapping and, you know, trying to roll every dime back into this thing as we can to keep it growing without seeking investment, I guess, and getting people that can tell, start telling us what to do. You start going that way, you start giving up control, and I don't want to give up control right now. So it's a slower method of growth, but we'll see how it plays out. It's surprising because you know I, I hear the debate all the time. You know how much is a how much is a like worth, or how much is a comment or a share worth? And 
I'm sure it's difficult to quantify something like that. You know, obviously the the attention that you do get on on Facebook has to drive some business your way. Um, and out of seventy thousand something followers, surely some of them have bought T-shirts from you, uh, and hopefully a good percentage. Oh, yeah. But it's right. but it's hard to it's hard to quantify your efforts there, you know. You know, we we have this big marketing guru we follow like religiously, and he says, if you don't have something interesting to say, it's better to say nothing at all. I, I would much rather lay low, you know, put out some stuff here and there that's that's quality content that people really like, than just crank stuff out just to crank it out and just to have, you know, engagement going. It's kind of funny, Randy and I when we first started this. And, and really, we're we're still new in it. You know, we, we haven't fully launched, so we very, are still. Very new. But a lot of it is we're trying to learn from each episode. Uh, something that we picked up very quickly was that by sharing those memes and just and just trying to plug the same content that everybody else is plugging, uh, people don't really care. You know, they don't really want to see it, and they don't. It doesn't equal um, people listening to our show. And the the episodes that people listen to are the ones that we reach out to people and say, "Hey, listen to this," and then those are the ones that get traffic. I can absolutely relate to growing organically, and, and it, it is a longer, slower road, but I think that the, uh, like you say, the quality of the content that you put out is going to be so much greater. Right, and the, when we do those dark, we call them dark posts about the, the t-shirts and stuff with the stories, they, that becomes, that is our content, you know, that, that's what we're yeah. throwing, that's what we're bringing to the table, but it's also functioning as an advertising platform, you know, I mean, it's, it's, generating sales um but it is our content you know that's what people sure. have come to expect from us now and that's fine and it, i'm it, cool with that and you know when our next shirt comes out there'll be another story floating around and it'll it'll run its course for you know however many days before everybody's tired of seeing it and then we'll cut it off and we'll go on to something else you know it's, it's a it's a really nice mix that has worked out well since we started doing it what i like is that every aspect of your business that's um customer facing so that's that's outwardly visible it's like a theme like you're, you're thematically representing your business to the customers so your logo i think very well matches your t-shirts and and the products that you that you create and put out and then those are perfectly supplemented by the advertising that you're doing in that very specific post and to me it's very well polished you know even though you're new and and you're growing I feel like no matter how old your business is that you've been doing this for a really long time. It just seems like you've gotten it to that place where you are infidel. And I really like that about your business. Well, I appreciate that. Um, and that's, again, that all goes back to branding, um, and having a consistent, a voice for the brand, uh, imagery, color schemes, you know, all, <clears throat> if you study any of that stuff, that's all kind of goes hand in hand. Um, and the overwhelming thing I just, I focus on is simple, 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 you know, simple cells. Don't, don't overthink things. Don't overdesign things and be relatable and just be, I want it to be like, I don't want to be this huge, uh, faceless entity just cranking out t-shirts. You know, I don't, I don't want it to be like that. So I welcome people's ideas for them to email me. I keep like a huge book that has all the ideas written down in it. You know, and I write down their names, and if one of those becomes a T-shirt, obviously I contact them and and make sure that they're taken care of as well. Um, so, you know, I want to design what you guys want to wear, and I'm only one guy with one experience. I'm limited in the ideas I can come up with. You know, so 
I put a lot on everybody else writing in, and I get some wild ones, man. People send me these cadences that are just, I'm like, they're ridiculous, and I've never heard them in my life. You know, and I'm like, where did you guys yeah. sing that? And a lot of, sometimes it's from like the early 80s or something, and I say, you know, that's hilarious, and I think that would make a great shirt, but unfortunately, I think it's time might have passed, you know, uh, in terms of like that audience being somebody I can reach right now. So, yeah, you never know. Maybe a limited run is what you should do. That'd be really cool. Oh, yeah. We got ideas for down the road all over the place, man. It's it's just, you know, we work on a little bit here and there and, and put that next foot forward. And we have like the, you know, if I could if this thing was running the way ideally I would like it to right now, we would have all kinds of different, you know, uh, uh, collections, of different products, theme products, stuff like that. Um, we're just not there yet. So. We'll keep them on the drawing board, and and when we do reach them, we'll you know, we'll add them into the mix. Well, you're you're I think you're absolutely on the on the right track. Um, let me let me ask you, and we'll kind of get ready to start tying things up here. But uh, tell me a little bit about where you're going. You know, you told me about where you're at um, over the next few months or years. You know, uh, where do you see yourself? What are you doing? Well, obviously, I see. Uh, the business continuing to, to head in the direction it's headed right now and, and to be kind of the the visual illustration of the military, the voice and the language and the culture, and to just keep adding on to those those little um, the little legends we have within the community. Um, we're working with the Art of War Project out in Denver, Colorado, which is a group that works with uh, veterans suffering from PTSD. And they do like retreats and yoga, movie nights and stuff. And we just started adding in a section on our site for their stuff where we're, you know, we're going to donate everything over our cost for shirts sold that were designed by actual veterans that work with them and not by me or anybody here um, to them every month. And I, I'd like to get into more of that kind of like outreach stuff myself, you know, when I have the means to um, here in Columbus or locally, because I like the idea of that I like the idea of building a community and, and, you know, veterans helping veterans and not just, being completely for profit and so you're you're working with them you're designing your shirts and then uh we're having like an artist that works with them submit a design you know so it's it's uniquely theirs and it doesn't there's a, a shirt we have on the site right now that we're getting ready to ship out that's uh, like an indian head uh, it's a skull with an indian headdress on it and it's awesome and it's designed by the guy that founded art of war project kurt bean so you know it has a story to it and it's his story and it's not it's not meant to be like a joke or funny or anything like that. It's just something different. And I, I really like the idea of, you know, building that catalog up and that side of it in an alternative of type of stuff we can have on the site that comes, that has a story to it. Once again, it has a story, you know, everything has got a story to it. People are listening out there. They want to check them out. It's artofwarproject.com. They do really great stuff. I'm heading out there in June to do a retreat up in the front range. So I'm looking forward to that. And yeah. So I, I I don't know if you mentioned this or not. I assume that the, the T-shirts that you sell on their behalf, um, the proceeds go to them, right? No, I'm taking my cost for that shirt, you know, out of what we sell it for, and then we're sending them a check at the end of every month for that. Um, we're gonna start running like a little tally marker on the site to let people know, like how you know how much where this money's going and how much we've contributed to help their programs. So. Because sure. I want to be – that's that kind of stuff's real tricky. I want to be transparent about it, you know. <laughs> absolutely, right. absolutely, and it's something that a lot of uh, a lot of companies, even a lot of charitable organizations, 
really don't do very well is be transparent. Right. I want to make sure to keep it on the up and up. Right. Well, I don't have much else for you. Randy, you got anything? I got a couple of t-shirt ideas. I'll send your way later. All right. Yeah, if anybody's got t-shirt ideas, they can send them to contact at inkfidel.com. Use that code that they mentioned in the beginning of the show and get 10% off your first order. Man, I want to thank you so much for coming on. I know I've said it before, but I can't say it enough. I really appreciate you working with us and letting us record again. And uh, I hope that you know next time you'll let us do it again and we'll talk about something different. Yeah, I, I'm, I appreciate you having me on. And I hope you got it this time because I don't know if I could do it a third time. We've yeah, a third, a third time's too much. Yeah. I mean, I like to talk about myself and all, but... Man. Yeah, yeah. You well, know. it was pretty consistent. I think there was like one point I was like, he just quoted himself. You said exactly the same thing you said the first time we talked. But well, uh, I've done all this, right, buddy. I've done that a few times. As, you know, keep my story straight. <laughs> sure. <laughs> all right. Well, we don't want to tie you up anymore. Go make some t-shirts, and uh, we're gonna hopefully send some business your way. But uh, thank you again, and uh, take care. I appreciate, it, guys. Thanks, Pete. So that was Pete Bell. We were really glad to have him on the show. Yeah, he's an extremely interesting guy, and I'm a big supporter of his brand. So it, it really was a treat to get to speak to him. Hopefully we can get him on again soon. This has been the AlphaCast. Please remember to check us out on SoundCloud under AlphaCast Media. Also check out our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all at AlphaCast Media. That's right, and in case you forgot, we are at AlphaCast.org. And until next time, stay alpha. Do the stay alpha again. Less gay. It wasn't gay. Stay alpha. Stay alpha. You big old bear. <laughs>